Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Anyway, stand with me now again, Jesse. I'm working you out now that it's your birthday. Hold your Bibles up. Welcome all of you watching online. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Um, The tires uh, are up here uh, just as a teaser for next week. Um, I'm doing this series on overcoming offense. Uh, We live in a world that is highly, highly offended. Um, You know, uh, we we created political correctness, and, uh, and then we created the next level, and we call it hate speech. And I'm going to be real, real strong today because here's the reality. What makes our country beautiful is you can say what you want to say. It's called freedom of speech. Uh, and what concerns me is that we no longer know what we can and cannot say. And when you do that, you've, you can take me down just a little bit in the house. Um, when you do that, uh, you restrict people from freedom and then you restrict other people from growing in other words no matter what you call me it really doesn't matter what matters is what i answer to not what you call me and so what we have to be very aware of and very careful for is taking responsibility for our own emotions and our own responses um some of you live in a world that you don't have to respond or react to criticism or at least knowingly in our world, we have to respond to it almost every week uh, with something said or somebody implying or inferring. And, and so what I've learned in the last 30-some years is that it's really not important to me. If you're critical, you're mean, that's your problem. That's not mine. You're the one with an issue. I'm not going to let your issue become my issue. And so what we try to do is control people instead of controlling ourselves so when jesus said if somebody hits you on one cheek turn let them hit you on the other and and so i understand that that's extreme i think it was will rogers says your right to rear back and swing your fist stops just short of my nose so when someone physically assaults you that's a different story but when someone can't say what they want to say even if it's wrong even if it's mean Jesus probably would have been imprisoned or kicked off Facebook. In Matthew 23, he called the Pharisees whitewashed sepulchers, you brood of vipers. And that would be today considered hate speech, but Jesus said, I'm just telling you what I see. And of course, he's Jesus, so what he saw was perfect. He knew. So what happens in our world now is we're trying to prevent people from hurting other people's feelings. And the reality is... You can't hurt my feelings without my permission. You can say whatever you want to say. I love it. Now, you know, you say, well, but but don't you 
get upset when someone says something bad about you. No, because I know the truth, because I'm me. I know what the truth is. Just because you think you know, you don't know because you don't know what's inside me. And so what happens, the reason I put the tires up here, I'm going to talk about where are your leaks next week. What causes you to, to leak out and become a flat Christian instead of a vibrant Christian? A Christian that's full of the life of God. And so it's very, very important to understand that you are the way you are by your choosing, not by someone else's saying. And this is very, very important. One person said, when you are offended at any man's fault, turn to yourself and study your own failings. Then you will forget your anger. You will forget your offense. The more easily you get offended, the less developed you are as a human being. And some of you may be offended by me saying this. You say, well, you don't understand. I do understand. I live in a world that is a fishbowl. I live in an aquarium, and I've lived there for 30 to 40 years. And I'm, I'm still swimming. Because I determined years ago that your opinion of me may or may not be right, but I'm not gonna let your opinion of me change my opinion of you. Some of you, you today's Father's Day, and so let me say a quick happy Father's Day. Fathers, stand up, would you? I want us to give them a round of applause. Nowadays, we think it's all right for children to disrespect their parents and not honor them. But the Bible says, honor your father and mother is the first commandment with a promise. And that you would live a long life. You say, well, my mom or my dad weren't good to me. I don't really care what they were to you. You honor them. And if you don't, you're going to be the one that suffers, not your mom or your dad. There's something we've lost in our society. There's no respect from millennials. They think the world owes them. Now, get mad at me. You can get offended if you want to, but I'm speaking truth today. And we need to rise up, and, and we need to lovingly address those issues. Well, I don't want to offend anyone. You know, sometimes we just need to say things that may be offensive to someone else to help that person become who they need to become. You don't grow without some type of resistance. And so this is a very, I think, a timely message because we live in a world that before we speak, we don't really speak our heart or our mind. We speak somebody else's heart or mind. How's this going to land on them? What are they going to think about me? What's going to be their opinion of me? The reality is we've lost our identity because we gave our identity away. I'm not giving my identity away. I would rather live under a bridge by myself without anybody serving the Lord than to have all the friends in the world and deny myself who I really am. And you know, everybody's different. I listen to Joel probably four to five sermons a week. And it's, he's so different than me. He's different than anybody. And I love him. I've known his family vacationed with his family and I just think I'm not Joel but I can learn some principles from him then I say it with a little bit more of an edge but I don't want to lose who I am sometimes I don't like who I am sometimes you don't like who I am sometimes I don't like who you are 
But don't lose your identity in order to make somebody else happy because if you're making somebody else happy being somebody you're not, you're not going to be happy. I'm a demonstrative, expressive individual in every way. If I go to a ball game, if I'm in church, I'm loud, I raise my hands, I yell, I shout, I get in trouble. When I first started pastoring in this city, I had a very small church, and my fourth child was playing t-ball. And I was one of the coaches in, in t-ball. The coach could stand on the field. And so I was over behind shortstop, you know, you're trying to help your kids. And we're on the, on the, on the field, so I'm on the field with my, my kids. And my, my son is on the pitcher's mound. It's t-ball, granted. He's not throwing anything. He's just filling a position. And he was pretty large for his age and, and a little bit, you know, he was, because he was big, he wasn't quite as smooth and agile. But so uh, a kid hit a ball just to the left of my son, and he went and fielded it. And since it was close to first base, rather than throwing it to the first baseman, because at that age they don't catch him usually, he runs over, and as he's about to tag the kid, he falls on the kid, which he was bigger than, and so, you know, he didn't mean to. So the umpire goes over and, and grabs my son by the arm, and, and I could tell he was being stern with him, and, and I'm a dad. And this is a church, churches there, people there in the stands. And I went over and got in the face of the umpire. And I said, what did you say to my son? He said, I don't have to tell you. I said, you're going to tell me. This is Little League, folks, okay? He ejected me. So I go to the dugout. He said, no, you're out of the park. I'm leaving the park with all the church people and I thought, surely, I just killed the church. Jesus is McDonald's hiring. Because <laughs> I thought for sure people would be offended. You know what I've realized? People want justice and righteousness more than anything. They want authenticity. And, and, and you only get that by being true to who you are. It doesn't mean you're always right. But you grow when you face adversity. You grow in relationships when you don't agree with each other. Do you realize there's not one married couple watching online or in here that you get along all the time? If you tell me you do, I'm going to offend you and say you're a liar. You don't always see eye to eye with your spouse. I wish we did, but we don't. And, and what helps us grow in relationship is not that we never disagree, but that we learn how to disagree in an acceptable fashion. And a lot of times in relationships, people hold things back. Things build up in them. And before long, it's that next disagreement where you explode because you haven't been true to yourself. You know, you can disagree without being disagreeable. And if you get offended, it's not the other person's fault. It's your fault. Remember this. If somebody's mean to you, well, you offended me. No, no, no. You chose to be offended. There's no liberty in expecting somebody else to fix what's wrong in your life. 
You can't fix what's wrong in my life, and I can't fix what's wrong in your life. But I can help fix what's wrong in mine. And you say, why is this important? Well, many years ago, when I, when I got saved, it was about four years after I got saved, and I felt very called to ministry. And I was in a, a smaller church in Tulsa, but it was, it was a decent size, and uh, uh, sizable enough to where I could, you know, have a meeting with the pastor, and I called to have a meeting, and I said, I was explaining to him what I felt in my life, uh, that I was called to preach, and I, I wanted to get involved in, in the ministry, not preaching in the church necessarily, but I wanted to get started. And he really poo-pooed the idea. He just really kind of, I, I left there going, wow. But you know what? I decided that day that he didn't get to determine my destiny. I did. And so any discouragement or potential offense that might have come my way, I determined that I wasn't going to accept it or receive it. And that's why I'm standing here today. Now, don't get me wrong. I had to fight it. It wasn't, it wasn't like I just walked out going, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I had to fight it. But, you know, I look back, and I'm really thankful for him. I think he might have been used by God. <clears throat> you know, at the time, I thought he was Satan. But as I grew, I realized that God was probably using him, not to tempt, but to test me and see if I really believed I was called. If you can talk somebody out of their call or destiny, they're either really weak or they didn't really... They didn't, maybe they weren't really called, but the test is important. I tell people all the time, I used to tell people they want to go into ministry, I'd say, yeah, you really don't. And if I could talk them out of it, they really weren't called to it. If you really own something, you really know something, you can't offend me and keep me from it. One person says, if you're offended by my boundaries, then you're probably one of the reasons I need them. And this is the problem in our world. If somebody is offensive toward you or toward me, I get to choose whether or not I want to be around them. It's a boundary. And nowadays, if, if you have boundaries, people accuse you of being hateful. Well, you're a hater. Why can't you be around me? Because you're hateful. And I don't want to be around hateful people. I love you. I don't want to be around people who drag me down. I want to be around people who lift me up. It's very, very important that we take self-control, not control, but self-control, so that we are not offended. In 1 John 4, 4, it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, last week, I talked to us about out of my Red Bull. This is my one of my illustrated sermons this week. They could change the design of this can. It could look different. Matter of fact, Red Bull started making different types of cans. The can is not what's important. It's the content that's important, what's in the can. Now, I'm not trying to minimize your personal value or my personal value, but what you see is not what's really important. What you don't see is more important. Who I am, my faith, my kindness, my mercy, my grace. 
the content of your soul is more important than the beauty of your body. And we live in a world that, and I'm not against fitness. I love working out. I love exercising. But that does, doesn't identify. That's not my identity. I'm just trying to stay healthy so that what's in me gets to last longer. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, let's just look at it this way. And I said this at 11.30 last or 11 last week, not 9.30. But think about it this way. Walt Disney's dead, been dead for a long time. But the dream that's in him lives on. The content of what God put in him lives on today. It wasn't important. Walt was, you know, he was an important guy. But what was more important than Walt was what was inside of Walt. What's more important than your person is what's in the person. Your children, people around you. What, what you use from inside you to influence and deposit in others will live beyond you. And so it's very, very important that we understand if we are offended people, we incarcerate our dreams. We incarcerate our influence. We imprison the gifts that God has put in us. They can't come out because they're blocked by being offended. Now, the reality is that what I'm preaching is not easy. This is not an easy thing to do. Because most people actually in their fallen nature look for reasons to be offended. Matter of fact, many people who don't have friends, the reason they don't have friends is not because they're not nice people, but because they're afraid of being hurt. They're afraid of being offended. If you can't be you around other people, find people, other people that you can be around. Because my personality has, I have that gift. I, I can be offensive. No, I, I can't because I, I usually say what I think. Now, that's not always good. Most of the time it is. Sometimes I ought to shut up. And, and I get that. But what I realize is I am who I am. I'm trying to go from glory to glory and grow every day. But we have no grace for people who slip up. We are a judgmental people, a judgmental society. We are so concerned about justice that we forgot about righteousness. And so now we, we're always walking on eggshells. I found myself doing that in life, and I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to be mean, but I'm not going to walk on eggshells. I'm going to express what I feel like I need to express. And if people get offended, that's your choice. So, warning. I refuse to take things personally. This needs to be your warning sign. I refuse to take things personally. Even if someone means to. Can you imagine how irritated people get who want to offend you but they can't? That's the part of me that gets excited. I know that's probably not a good way to look at it, but every now and then I go, go for it. Oh, you meant that to hurt me? Oh, oh, I get it. You ever had somebody comment on your clothes? Well, you look good today. Well, what did I look like yesterday? <laughs> you think this is a one-time experience that I haven't looked good for months or weeks, and today you finally, well, you look good today. Well, okay. Has it been that bad for the last few months? You see what I'm saying? I mean, this is, this is a humorous story, but the guy up here leading worship today was so cool. And we were back in the green room getting ready to pray, and 
and I love people who are meticulous. And he, he I guess I had a sleeve out of place. And he said, I, he came over. He said, I just can't take looking at it anymore. So he fixed it. Well, I could have been all offended. I looked and I said, thank you. If my zipper would have been down, I sure hope you'd tell me. <laughs> Some people will be offended that you told them. And then other people will be offended that you didn't. How do you win? I'm just saying, I'm just not going to be offended. Matthew 24.10 says, and then many, listen to this, and then many will be offended. Now here is how you know somebody's offended. They will betray one another. Somebody that was in your corner, when you decided that you didn't agree with them, they decided since you didn't agree with them, they're going to betray you or your confidence because now they're offended. Offended people offend people. Offended people are bitter people. Offended people are unforgiving people. Offended people are mean people. And some of you are offended that I said all those things because you are unforgiving. You are bitter. And now I offended you again. You see what I'm saying? And it goes on to say, and they will hate one another. You cannot legislate hate any more than you can legislate love. It is a self-legislation in our soul that keeps us on course with God. Nobody else can make that happen. So if you're not happy today because on the way to church you got an argument in the car and you're unhappy, that's your problem. You don't understand what my wife said to me. I don't care what your wife said to you. That's her problem. I'm really meddling now because I'm sure this happened and you're going, how did he know? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Offense opens the door to deception. You are deceived into believing things that aren't even accurate, but in your mind, the offense has begun to flourish and grow like a weed. And so you're easily deceived. And because lawlessness will, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I would say this pretty well defines our society today. The love of many has grown cold. I'm called to love everybody. I'm called to be kind to everybody. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a believer. My position has nothing to do with how I'm supposed to live. I'm supposed to live every day loving people and being kind to people. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Well, I don't feel like it. Therein lies the problem because we're not moved by our emotions. We're supposed to be moved by the Holy Spirit. Is it easy? No, I never said it was easy. But next week, I'll talk about the leaks in your life. An eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, leak. Bitterness, leak. Unforgiveness, leak. Hate, leak. Gossip, leak. And before long, you're a flat believer. You have no buoyancy. You have no life. You have no stability. The vehicle of your life can no longer roll because your heart and spirit are flat. Faith works by love. 
So if the love of many grows cold, then faith has no vehicle by which to work or travel because faith works by love. People say, why, am I, why is my faith not working? Because your love is not working. If you're a mean individual and you say, but I have faith, it's probably not going to work because it rolls on love. The devil is not after you. Remember Flip Wilson? The devil made me do it. That, that could be accurate, but the devil's not after you. He's after the dream that's in you. And one of the ways the dream fades is because you get offended. And you're no longer thinking about the dream. You're thinking about what somebody did to you. They rob you of your peace. And why do they rob you? Because you've opened your heart and let them in to rob you. A contaminated heart is not the fault of someone else. It's the fault of those who allow the contamination to come in. The content in this container is what's important to me. Because when I'm done today, I'll throw the can away. This is my happy Father's Day from somebody in the church. <laughs> yeah, you might want to stick around for 11. This could get exciting. I doubt if I can handle that or drink that. I've... And as I said last week, some people are offended that I drink Red Bull. I'm just trying to help you grow. You know how many people I've come up and they've come up to me and told me how bad these are for you? And I'm thinking, do you eat fried chicken? Do you eat pie? Do you eat cake? Don't talk to me, you hypocrite. I'm always amazed at people who get on to people who drink wine, but they don't get on to them for eating KFC. Now I'm out there. We all have our own little worlds, and we think that everybody else that does something different than us is wrong, and we want to make sure they know that. You don't even want to get me. I'm going to preach a sermon someday that will either build the church or destroy it. Because I am so tired of everybody thinking they know more than the person they're talking to about that person's life. Think about Joseph. He had a dream. The dream got him thrown into a, a pit. The dream got him sold to a foreign nation. The dreams of, they just, and he just kept on. He never gave up on the dream. He never allowed his brothers to become the focal point of his life. He kept the dream. And because he kept the dream, when the famine came, he fed everybody on earth that, that, during that season. Israel, Egypt, he made sure everybody was fed because of one dream. What would have happened? If he would have let go of the dream. Devil's not after your, you, the visionary. He's after the vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision. Notice it doesn't say where there's no visionary. It says where there is no vision. The vision is paramount, not the visionary. Now, God needs a container to hold the dream and to hold the vision. But that's all we are. We're containers. And the container is someday going to be thrown into the earth. But if we live right, 
the vision and the dream will live beyond us because God will put it in somebody else just like he did Disney and so many others then the Lord answered this is Habakkuk 2 2 write the vision down don't write your name and say I'm all that in a bag of chips and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it the challenge is most people are running from God not running with the vision from God the devil is not after the messenger he's after the message you see they thought when they killed Jesus the dream the vision and the message would certainly die with him what they didn't understand was that Jesus came to deposit it and he made the deposit so he said it doesn't matter if I die the message won't die the vision won't die the dream won't die because I've lived my life not caring about my body I live my life caring about the dream and the vision and the message from the Father. There are a lot of very gifted people who would be extremely successful if they weren't offended. I remember when I first planted a church, somebody, we, we were one of the fastest growing churches in the country, and it was in magazines. And one pastor in town is no longer here. I'll never forget, somebody came and said, you know, he said that you really aren't growing that fast. It's just that Victory Christian Center in Tulsa sent 500 people to Oklahoma City. So we, we weren't growing. It, it, we we were, had this deposit. And, and you know, I, in that moment, I was so young, and I didn't really get offended, but I did want to call him stupid. And I probably did. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That's the message. I'm not ashamed of the gospel message because it, not me, it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Of the message of the gospel. Not the person not the deliverer of that message, but the message. People are attracted to different communicators because of their, their certain, they identify with their flair or lack of flair. But the reality, it's not about the person or the flair or lack of, it's about the message. And certainly, we drive different kinds of cars, different colors of cars. We all have things that we like a little bit that somehow ministers to our soul, so that's okay. But the reality today is not the importance of Mark Crow, but it's the importance of the message that's being preached. You can go away from here and share the message without ever sharing my name, and it will have an impact. Because it's the Bible. Jesus said, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Then he says, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. 
Jesus said the miracle in this case is more important than the miracle worker. You want to talk about humility. This is the Son of God, and he's saying he didn't point to himself. He pointed to the miracle. He said, believe in the miracle. Believe in the message. Believe in the dream. Believe in the vision. We are caught up in celebrity today. We have pastors across America that are more concerned about how they are perceived by people than how they are perceived by God. Who they hang out with. Who they talk to. I know I used to be driven by that. And the reality is, if there ever was a celebrity, it would be Jesus. And he chose not to be. We're impressed too easily by someone's name without ever considering what their message is. Don't be moved by the person. Listen carefully to the message, the vision, the dream. If it doesn't identify with the scripture, doesn't measure up to scripture, then let it go. All people are flawed, but God's word and his works are perfect. I love this one. The devil's not after the singer. He's after the song. Some of the most popular artists are not the best vocalists. But we identify with the message that they sing about. You know why worship is so important? It's not because of the singers. It's because of the song. We're exalting God. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. He doesn't inhabit the person. He inhabits the praise. So before we ever think that we're all of that and something more, realize this. It's not about us. It's about what God has put in us. And the challenge here. Is that if you're angry, you're bitter, you're offended, you listen to gossip, you gossip. What you're really saying is, I am offended. And when you do that, you begin leaking the dream, the vision, the message, the miracle, the song. It begins to leak out of you instead of burst out of you. It's the greatest challenge any of us will ever face. When we've been wronged, we feel the need to defend ourselves. When Jesus was wronged, it says he remained silent, which really irritated the people. There are times we don't need to defend ourselves. If we'll give God an opportunity, sometimes he doesn't do it as quickly as we would like, but if we will give God the opportunity, those things that were said in darkness and done in darkness will be exposed by the light. If you have been lied about, if you have been abused, if you have been mistreated, I'm not suggesting you stay in a situation like that, but I am suggesting that you not allow that to get in you. Thank God that Jesus didn't get offended by the way he was treated, lied about, ultimately crucified he stayed pure he stayed clean and then in his darkest possibly the hardest hour spirit soul and body 
he looks down from the cross and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Wow. Talk about an example of being not offended. That's it. So when somebody's talking about you or you're having struggles, realize it's what's in you. It's not you. It's not me. Acts 16 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. Paul and Silas didn't unlock them, but the song did. The praise did. Your praise... can unlock or break the chains that are on other people's lives. If we lose our praise, we lose our influence, we lose our strength, we lose our power. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I'm going to say this in closing. There are several holidays I hate, and today's one of them. You say, well, that's stunning. But when you've gone through what I've gone through, you know this is going to be a tough day. Some of you have been there, gone through divorce, family split, people are hurt. And what I had to do, the reason I say I hate it, is because I feel like, not for me, but the pressure of those that were hurt, how they respond. I'm fine. Susan asked me, oh, doesn't it bother you? That's not a little bit. I just don't like today because of what it does to others, not what it does to me. There's a pressure that others may feel today. And I know that Father's Day is so bizarre. Years ago... When we had landlines, and of course you'll have to explain this to anybody 30 and younger what a landline is. There was a phone on a counter or on a wall. On Mother's Day, all these kids would call their mothers, but on Father's Day, it was one of the lowest times of children calling their dads. And some of you may be feeling that today and you're offended, maybe that your kid didn't call. Don't be offended, call them. Don't be offended. Your offense will create a barrier. You say, but it's their fault. They're creating the barrier. No, if you are the offended, you're the one creating the barrier. Don't be offended if you don't get a call today. Pray for them. Pray for them. Call them, whatever you feel led to do. But don't let offense get in your soul. Smile and know that you and your heavenly Father are good. And it's his Father's Day every day. You say, well, why do you hate Father's Day so bad? Because every day your kid ought to respect you. Every day they ought to love you. Every day they ought to pray for you. It shouldn't be one day a year. Hey, Dad, haven't talked to you in six months. Happy Father's Day. Really? Here's the tragedy. Whatever you sow, you reap. This is why you need to pray for your kids. If they sow disrespect toward you, They'll reap disrespect from their own children. 
That's why I say pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who desire to offend you. Pray for those who are mean to you and hateful and dishonoring. and dis Pray for them. Because as you do, that will prevent offense from getting in your soul. Don't live your life expecting somebody else to make your life wonderful. Make it wonderful every day for yourself. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us. Your word says this is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. And God, regardless of what's happening around us, even what's happening to us, what's most important is what's happening in us and through us. So Lord, I pray today for those who are fighting to be free from being offended, hurt, wounded. Liberate them today, God. May they love themselves too much to let someone rob that love. Your word says love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's so important that we walk in love, love ourselves, forgive ourselves, forgive others. Strengthen us, Holy Spirit. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let's all pray this prayer together today. The Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not by your works, not by your strength, your power, but it's by His Holy Spirit. And if you'll pray this prayer, you're making a decision, regardless of what anybody else says. It's your decision. And you will go to heaven based on that decision not your good works not because you're perfect but because you have accepted Christ and Christ in us the Bible says is the hope of glory so pray this prayer with me say Father God thank you so much for sending your only son to suffer and die for my sin Jesus thank you for giving your life for me today I give my life to you I repent of my sin, and I declare today, I am forgiven. I am a believer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Don't do it later. Do it now. You will forget. Why is it important? It's important that you make that statement and let somebody else know, today I accepted Christ. That acceptance, that message is the power of God and the salvation to all who believe. So text us and let us know. We look at it every Monday and we start praying for those who have given their life to Jesus and asking God to strengthen you and not just give you salvation, but the power of sanctification where every day you get up and you walk it out and you grow. So text the word SAVED to 405 513 Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.